Hey, are you looking for a non-professional podcast covering and promoting the Indiana Wesleyan football program? Well, you've come to the right place. Wildcats, round up! Xander Stokes kept it, and there was no one within 20 yards of him. Johnston now has room to work. His nickname's Juice. He's bringing the juice. He's through a man. He is stumbling. A lot of room to work for Jaquez Carter. He's got a lot of speed, too. He's to the 40. He could go. We'll see. Foot race. Carter. Touchdown. Shoemaker on the carry. Shoemaker through the hole. Shoemaker to the end zone. Wildcats are pouring it on. Welcome in to Wildcat Roundup this week. It is National Quarterfinals Week, week 13 on the season. And my name is Eric Watson. I'll be your host, as always. And I'm joined by Fred Bays. Fred, ready to talk some football playoffs? You bet. Thanksgiving weekend, and we're still playing. That's a good thing, right? Uh-huh. So the game, uh, actually, let's just talk. We're going to talk about the Avila win um, in the opening round. We're going to get you ready for the matchup in the quarters against Benedictine. And along the way, we're going to talk to Coach Langs for his weekly visit. And we're going to talk to Lucas Doyle, senior offensive lineman and first team all MSFA selection. And we're going to review... There's a lot of Wildcats on the team, right, Fred? That's right. All right. So let's start with just kind of recapping the Avila win. It was a close game, closer maybe than we thought it would be. But after all, it is a game we led start to finish. And Fred, you got any general observations that you want to give on it? Just a great team win. Uh, you know, tough win again. Uh, cold and windy once again, and we did. We just controlled the whole game. We controlled it. Ball control, 35 minutes, 10 more than Avila. Uh, solid defense. They only had two drives on us, one score. And, you know, their quarterback was a very good athlete and playmaker, and so we were able to contain them. I think we had uh, 135 yards we running is what we held them to and and then we had a 200 yards rushing again and so just a really good team win and guys stepping up in key times that you know Shager with a huge tackle on a fourth down inside the 10 uh out in space and then Sykes with the breakup uh for Perkins to get his pick what a great way to end with a D lineman sealing it with a pick and and so just just a really good, uh, you know, like Langs often says, gritty win, you know, and as a playoff game to come away with wins like that. I mean, we could have put it away a few times, you know, early on up 14 nothing, looked like, man, we could really put the dagger in them and then they score right for half. And then, then third quarter, we had a long 75-yard drive and it looked like, okay, we're going to punch this in and kind of start to close it out and ended up not being able to. And, and then we had the punt return and thinking, okay, that'll seal the deal. And, and, but we just kept fighting and 
you know, defensively, everybody was involved. I and mean, we had all four linebackers had six or more tackles. Four D linemen had five or six tackles. So just, again, a great team win. Absolutely. A lot, lot to unpack. I, I, I think we should start with the uh, box score says wind, 22 miles per hour and breezy. Um, I, I think that was missed by some of the analysts that I've heard on the on the internet this week. The wind swirled badly, and I think it affected the pass game of both teams. So it became pretty much a run and grind it out kind of game. But I think Avila, to uh, Coach Benita's um, credit, came in with the idea that they were going to have to shorten the game and keep the ball away from us. And they were not overly successful at doing that, but the times they were um, really helped them in the overall look of the game. I, I agree with you. I think we could have broken the game open a couple of times. Um, and I don't know if it was our fault or to their credit that we didn't. So let's 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 kind of recap. So we we took the lead at the 327 mark of quarter number one. Um, playing into the wind. Um, we were able to run the ball well. Um, Tay Williams had a, a, a big run, uh, broke one off just inside midfield and took it down to the goal line. And then Xander Stokes found Charlie Hill from two yards out for the early touchdown um, and the early lead. And then we, I think we punted one time in between and then uh, – Got a big play. I think we were going with the wind. Um, Xander found Levi Tidwell across the middle, his only catch of the day, but it was for 25 yards. Set things up. And I then, believe that was a third and long on that I, catch. I, yeah, it, I don't remember what the down was, but, yeah, it was probably third and ten or third and I, – I don't know if there was a penalty before that, but it was a longer completion um, that successfully set that up. And, uh, you know, I personally like the fact that it went behind my son, you know, a little selfish there, but, um, you know, Tay burst in and it looked like we were starting to open things up. And then Avila went on that huge drive. Um, their, their drive was, uh, 15 plays with it 15 plays, 75 yards, the, the touchdown just before the half, um, but th there were several times in that drive that we put the ball on the ground for them. And like you said, uh, when we were talking earlier, um, we just didn't get to the ball. And we've done that all season long, um, to our credit. Um, but to their credit, they kept us away from it. So, yeah, their touchdown drive was 15 plays, 77 yards. Um, but two or three times in that drive, we could have gotten the ball away from them, right? Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, we are a very opportunistic defense, and we had a couple opportunities to to get it, and just it just didn't go our way. But but we kept we kept coming at it. You know, we came out second half and we weren't flat. I mean, that showed a lot. You know, when that kind of stuff happens. Yeah. So when I when I talk to Coach Langs a little bit later, we'll talk about this. But he is. He's the one that constantly talks about all three phases of the game. And uh, I, I think that can't be 
shown any better than something that happened on Saturday. So um, Ethan Collins, um, after our first possession of the second half, punted, and he pinned the ball down at the seven-yard line. Mm-hmm. He forced Avila to come out, and they had had one three and out after the long touchdown drive. Um, but they went on a drive again. They went 17 plays, 88 yards, took seven seven minutes, 15 seconds off the clock. Um, and as you said, Daniel Shager ended that drive at the um, five-yard line. He made mm-hmm. a great open field tackle on a kid that had a huge game on us. Uh, Malik Nesbitt was... It was him and, and Williams all day long. That was their sole offense. Um, but Daniel made a great open field tackle. And again, at that moment, if we go three and out and put the defense right back on the field, they have a chance to pull even. But our offense then went on a 15-play drive, drove the ball down, um, and it resulted in eight minutes and 18 seconds coming off the clock. And it just, that those two drives, that's a whole quarter of the football game. Mm-hmm. And it shortened the game up. I think that's what Avila wanted. But those three phases, the kicking game, making them have to drive 93 yards, the defense stopping them short, and then the offense flipping the field right back, and the defense never let them drive again. They, they they figured it out, whether it was the rest, whether it was something that they saw. They shut them down. They went three plays, one yard, five plays, 20 yards, two plays, zero yards. And that was the rest of the game. So the defense figured it out, shut the door, and we came away with that 14-7 to victory. You know, those kind of wins, I don't know about you, but I was – until Sunday before I like finally let down because <laughs> it's so stressful. You're like, Oh, come on, pull this out. But each phase we did what we needed to do to get the win, the defense, the special teams, the offense. Yeah. It'd been really nice to, <laughs> you know, not be quite so stressful, but those being able to do that week in and week out against good teams, like we have through the year, really builds character for tough playoff games. Yeah. And late in the game, Juice Johnson broke a punt return. Um, It looked like it was going to be the difference, blow the game open. You know, one of those penalties that it's like the block charge in basketball. It could have gone either way. Unfortunately, it went against us um, and it kept that big moment from happening. But that's how close we were the whole day to kind of breaking it open. Again, credit to Avila for for being in there, um, but it was it was a fun day. Um, Tay Williams was a maniac. He was named offensive uh, player of the game. Uh, new school record: thirty three uh, rushing attempts, one hundred and seventy eight yards is the third most in program history. Um, on the heels of his school record a couple weeks ago, um, he's got about four hundred yards of rushing in in three week window. Actually, 500, I think, with whatever he ran against Madonna. Um, So kudos to him. And then, as you said, the whole defense stepped up. The numbers were just miraculous. All four linebackers had six tackles or more. Um, And then one, two, three, four. Four defensive linemen had five tackles or more. Um, 
the defensive line had the, the sole pick, Owen Perkins, and then they three and a half sacks all. Um, I'm sorry, four total sacks, three and a half from the defensive line themselves. So they played stellar as well. Yeah, what's really great is in each each week, different players in different positions have had to step up at different times. We've had games where we've had four picks. Right. You know, but we didn't need that on Saturday. They didn't throw much. And so the front seven, you know, took care of things. And and then offensively, when we've needed some big plays, some of our receivers or running backs have done it. And and um, and then Xander's just I, – I don't think he gets enough credit nationally as I listen to a lot of the different podcasts and things. Two picks. All season. All season. And, I mean, his efficiency is incredible. And that alone will help you win games. You know, I mean – I, I, there's not a quarterback that's even close to that that's out there. And so, uh, yeah, just <laughs> really great team win. Good to get that first playoff win. Absolutely. So I'm joined right now by the Mid-States Football Association Mid-East Head Coach of the Year, <laughs> second time in a row. Welcome in, Coach Langs. Thank you very much. Hey, the uh, it just came out late this afternoon. Um, so the first team has six Wildcats on offense, six Wildcats on defense, the head coach, and the coordinator of the year. Do you want to comment on that for us a little bit? Yeah, honestly, I'm. I mean, I think there's 21, 21 guys uh, recognized overall, not including myself or Coach T, but uh, twenty one guys, all conference players. I mean. It, last year we we kind of led the led the field with twenty. This year we increased it by one. Um, it's really honestly humbling uh, when you're recognized by your peers, not me, but I mean also me, but honestly just our players. Like I, I have so much respect for this conference, and you know now you're there's only eight teams left in the country, and two of them are MSFA East teams. I mean I'm not sure what else there needs to be said. Um, yeah. And we we have to battle week in and week out against some great opponents and coaches and players. And I just have a deep admiration for it, and I'm proud to be a part of it. And when those people who have come before you for a long time and have had sustained success in this con- country for so long, when they recognize your players like the, like they did today, um, it means a lot to us. And we don't take it for granted. We're, we're humbled by it, and it excites us. So uh, just really thankful for it. And uh, – um, it's a great honor and especially excited and happy for coach Terrazas, who's been along right next to me for 11 straight years now. And, uh, was here with me on, you know, day one. So he, he's, he's earned it. He's deserved it. And I'm, I'm really happy for him. Yes, sir. And two special teamers. I don't want to miss that. Yeah. Um, Saturday, we saw another gritty 60 minute game, uh, in victoriously. Uh, it looked a lot like the Marion game. Uh, what are you, what are your uh, what are your thoughts on the win Saturday? Yeah, I, it, honestly, like there there was things we could have done a lot better, um, and I honestly think we were really close to blowing it open. Um, but this is this is the playoffs, and they're a really good team, and you're going to play really good teams. And about the only thing that matters at the end of that sixty minutes is what's on the score on that scoreboard. Um, man, when you're when you're in the season, you're a lot more process driven. I mean. You know, you lose to 
Valparaiso and you're thinking about, man, you got a long season and you got to get better and you got to grow and find your identity. And like even the, the Marion win or the Concordia win or St. Francis win, like, man, we still got to grow. How do we grow? Well, I'm not saying we can't grow and I'm not saying we can't get better, but I mean, it's win it's win or die right now. So like, that's, that's all that matters. And we look back at this film and there's, man, we could have, we don't give up that late score in the second quarter. You go in 14, nothing, right. You, um, the ball goes on the ground three times and we don't get it once. I mean, that's, that's unheard of against our defense. Uh, we have him down to fourth down and, and the quarterback makes an incredible play. Good credit to him. Um, we miss a field goal that would have put us up 10. We put the game away with a punt return for a touchdown that gets called back. So there's honestly things you look at it. You're like, man, I, would I feel a little bit better if we won the game, uh, which I think could have been 24 or 31 to seven. Yeah, that'd been cool, but it doesn't really matter. I, it, you win the game and now you move on and now you got to, you got to do everything you can to try to play better versus a team that a better opponent coming up. So um, yeah, I'm just really, really proud of the guys for getting it done. Survive in advance, right? Yep. So what more can you say about the defense? Uh, we've talked about them all year, but uh, Avila had 10 possessions, five were three and outs. On one, they gained one first down. On another, we picked them off on the second play. So basically, they only had three good solid drives on the day. Um, tell us about your defense and, and what you saw there. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we can really say enough. I think the way Coach Byer has led us into that, um, into an unknown season with guys leaving and um, just a, a tremendous amount of leadership from him, tremendous amount of leadership from um, from these older players. I mean, you had new coaches. I mean, there's only one coach or two coaches held over on that side of the ball from last year. Coach Locke has, has stepped up in a massive way. Coach Taylor has done an incredible job getting our D-line to play even better than we've played in the past. Uh, Coach Anderson does a lot of work behind the scenes. Um, I mean, a, a lot of work goes into getting it done. And in, and in defense, what's tough is there is no punting, right? If you don't like what happened on third down, it's a first down. If you don't like what happens on first down, it could be a touchdown. There is no, well, punt it away and we'll get the ball back. There is nothing like that. It's, it's, it is your backs against the wall 24-7. And even when you're up big, your backs against the wall. It just doesn't matter. You're always – you're always fighting for your life on defense and it's a mentality that you gotta, you gotta live with and you got to embrace. And our kids have done that. And we do a good job of playing sound discipline and, and, and fast. And uh, I think uh, uh, they just done so much to keep us in football games. And, and if we continue to play that way, we got a shot to each week. Yeah. The defensive line had 29 tackles, three and a half sacks and the only pick on the day which was huge against that quarterback. Yeah, and the defensive line has played incredible all year. And, you know, honestly, if you look at those those all-conference teams, you know, we we all know what we have on our defense, and you don't see many D-linemen on that all-conference team. And a part of that is because we're so deep, and we play eight guys a game, um, and we don't leave guys out there, and we don't stat hog, and we don't – you know, it just doesn't – it doesn't – you don't get opportunities to do that. And the reason why we're good is because we're fresh – um, so it stinks for those guys at times, but man, those guys are selfless. Those guys are worried about winning. Um, and that's what we've done week in and week out. And we got a great depth of that position and, um, we continue to play well. Yes, sir. Your, your depth came into focus on Saturday, um, had an injury. Preston Sykes stepped in. Um, he had a big game. Um, he broke up the pass that Owen intercepted. 
um, forced a fumble on on that drive you were speaking of earlier. Um, tell us about Preston. Yeah, Preston's a kid who we took as a mid-year transfer last year from Aldous and brought us walk-on kid who's earned his way um, onto this football team. He's he has sim- he's been a great uh, culture fit. He's made great friendships in his year being here, uh, and he's really he's a really gifted kid. Uh, he is athletic. He's fast. He's physical. He's got a good size to him. I think his his future is extremely bright. And to sit and learn behind a guy like Jameis, Jameis plays a different style of football than he does, but is extremely smart and gets us lined up. And um, and Preston gives us something a little bit different. And we haven't been afraid to play him. We put him in. I mean, he played a lot. Of, he's played a lot this year in a lot of situations and some really important ones. And uh, we we trust him fully, and and he brings a lot of things to the table. So I was proud to and happy for him to see him get that done Saturday. And you you preach uh, all three phases. I, I thought the big moment in the game on Saturday was both sides of the ball. So on defense, they put together that second drive. They were driving, and uh, Daniel Shager makes a big tackle in yeah. space against a very very talented receiver. Um. And then the offense responded. They went on an impressive drive. I know it missed in the, f- the field goal, but um, Tay ran the ball six times, 44 yards. Uh, Xander was five of five for 32 yards, three different receivers. Jock caught two first downs. Markel had a first down. And then Xander rushed for three yards. Um, tell us at that moment how, how much that was important to the game. No, you're exactly right, and and that's the kind of de- football we want to play. Our defense, I think it was a 15 play drive that that Avila went on, and they come up nothing, right? And yeah. that's in, that's incredible resolve by our guys. Well, then we start with the ball in the minus five. It's the end of the third quarter, and yeah. we drive that ball eight play or eight minutes, and end up kicking a field goal from the plus 20. So we flip the we go 75 yards, flip the field. Now that's why we got to finish it. We got to come up with three there. Um, if at all possible, but just even, even though we don't come up with three, the fact that we get out from underneath of that, they've got the wind in the fourth. We flip the field so that we don't have to punt into the wind. I mean, that's just what it's about. And that's the kind of defense or that's kind of um, complimentary football that we have strained to play week in and week out. And when we do it well and we execute in all three phases, man, we, we, we are a pretty dangerous football team. And um, I thought we were just right on the precipice of doing that on Saturday by really executing all at once. We missed it by a few plays, but um, still did a nice job of showing resiliency and, and toughness and coming out with it. Yeah, so time of possession, we had a 10-minute advantage. Um, Tay Williams, 33 carries, which is a school record for 178 yards, and that's the third highest total in school history and a touchdown. Um, he was just play and play out. But two big plays um, by guys who it was their only catch of the day. Tell us about Levi Tidwell on that 25-yard catch across the middle. Yeah, that was great. Um, they had good coverage. They had it lined up. One, it was good protection by the offense line and good patience and, and just uh, being calm under pressure by Xander, really ripping a really good throw. Then, then Levi working inside the coverage, getting leverage on his guy, and then making a play and, and getting more yards after the catch. I mean – that, that was really – that that play stands out to me as a big-time play for the football team and the football game. And that just kept our – that just kept us going. That just kept the momentum going. It kept us on schedule. It kept us positive. Um, but, yeah, that was really great to see by Levi. He works hard and there's a lot of a lot of dirty work for us. You see him out there. He, he's essentially another tight end that can play wide receiver. And, 
um, he, he deserved that moment. Exactly. And that leads us to the other guy. All he does is catch touch, touchdowns. Charlie Hill, one catch, one touchdown, but he a thousand blocks, right? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's played his best football and he deserves that first team all conference award he won today. Um, he's done it all. He's done it all for us for a very long time. And uh, he's, he's become an even more selfless player, um, a more physical technical player under coach Rufner's tutelage. And I mean, he, I mean, he didn't practice all week. He hardly took any snaps. He had a bad ankle from the from the Madonna game and um, showed up in a big-time way and gave everything he had. And um, that was another big-time throw and find, and um, that was really cool. Yeah, and uh, Ethan had a good day punting, punted them inside their own 20, I think, three times on the long drive that ended in no points for them. He pinned them in at the five. Um, but then Juice Johnson – I know the punt return didn't didn't count, but it was huge. He had a great kickoff return. Um, tell us about Juice and the and the way he can flip a field. Yeah, I mean that's a moment that you dream about. We're we're in a one score ball game in a playoff game, and they kick it to you, and you go make the play. And Justin's done that for us many times over his career, and everyone knew they still gave it to him, which you know I guess pick your poison, going to kick it to him or kick it to Jacquez, but right. um, they kicked it to him. Everyone knew who he was. Everyone knows what, what his ability is, and he still went out and got it done. Now, that is also set up by Jack Quesman, an incredible block to set it up. Alonzo Kendricks did a great job on that play. Lane Ruby, I mean, that unit has been elite all year. Um, but, I mean, knowing ever you're going to get it and then going and doing it, man, hard to do that at this level. And uh, that that's that was a great moment for him. I wish it would have counted. I wish it would have been the, co- the nail in the coffin and we would have been, you know, rolling out that thing. But – it is what it is, but it was a good confidence builder for sure. Yes, sir. So we get the win, and thanks to Kaiser with an upset victory against the number four seed, we get another home game. So Benedictine comes to town. While Avila liked to ground the ball and, and really run at a lot, Benedictine likes to throw it all over the yard. Tell us what you know about the Ravens. Yeah, a very, very good team, uh, very well-coached team. I think that stands out to me. Um, I think they play the game similarly to us. I think they complement each other well. I think they have a plan in all three phases. Um, I think they play disciplined, and uh, they're, a, they're a big team uh, just in stature to kind of juxtapose us with with where we uh, our movement skills and athleticism. Um, and they're, 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 a, they're a good team, well-coached team, offensive-driven um and quarterback's good quarterback kind of runs the show play a lot of wide receivers play a lot of running backs big offensive line coach head coach is, is calling the plays um so it's going to be fun to be really honest with you i mean it's just you there's eight teams left and you're all eight of them all, all eight of us are here for a reason and you get to show up and play against a blue blood a team who's who's got a national championship appearance to their name in the in the last few years and um I told our guys, I mean, we're sitting here with eight teams left. They're all blue bloods, right? I mean, Kaiser's a little bit newer, but they've been around the block. And, you know, here we are. And, you know, a great thing for us, we got one game under our belt. So we got playoff experience now, too. And we've got to make sure we use that. And I think I think the kids are excited. We have a lot of respect for Benedictine and what's on film. Um, I think they're, it's going to be a great matchup. It's going to be a great challenge. And they've got a winning formula. We've got a winning formula. And we're going to see you on Saturday for 60 Minutes. Which one comes out on top? Yes, sir. So let's say it again. 21 all-conference selections. 
coach of the year, coordinator of the year, Jacquez was offensive player of the year. Um, congratulations on the big victory. Congratulations on the great season. And let's keep it going. Thanks, Eric. I appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Thank you, Coach. All right, bye. So before we preview uh, this week's game against Benedictine, let's uh, review a few of the honors that we earned uh, when the Mid-States, Mid-East all-team, all-league team came out yesterday. We talked to Coach Langs a little bit about it, but let's break it down a little more exact. Um, we had six offensive guys. I'll, I'll go through those. Uh, Xander Stokes, as Fred said, two interceptions on the season. He was named first team. Uh, Dedarian Tay Williams, with his record-breaking second half of the season, was named to the first team. Jacquez Carter was first team, and Jacquez was named Offensive Player of the Year. Um, our other starting wide receiver, Markel Stevens-Pepper, also earned first team, as did tight end Charlie Hill, and offensive lineman Lucas Doyle and Ben Farrell. Fred, since your boy's the linebacker, why don't you go over the defensive players? Uh, all right, defense, uh, nine of them. <laughs> Uh, so that, that's pretty impressive. So, so we had, um, and I can read them if you don't have them on. Yeah. So I've got defensive lineman, Isaac Abeo, the sacks leader, uh, two of the linebackers. We got Devin Bacchus and Devin Bacchus and, uh, Clayton Mosier. And then three defensive backs made first team juice Johnson, Neil Campbell and Donovan Shelton. So I think if I remember right, Juice, Donnie, and Neil, are they all repeats from last year? I'm or not sure. Neil, I'm not Neil sure Neil Donovan Williams. was, but I think I think Juice has been first team forever. I and think I think Neil was second team last year. Yeah. So the the DBs just continued to show out this year, and we knew that was going to be strong coming into the season, and it has proven itself. Uh, you know, with the leading the nation in interceptions, you know, as a defense. So that, that's been incredible. And then D-line, uh, those guys just really have done an incredible job this year. And and then linebackers, you know, they're all new, except Clay was um, starting as a freshman last year. And so to get two of them to be all conference, that says a lot. I mean, Coach Byers done a great job of developing them and putting – just that whole unit together. Yeah. So six first team offense, six first team defense. And then um, on the second team, uh, starting center, Will Angel was named second team. Um, starting guard, Micah Visser made second team. And on defense, Gardy Paul was named second team at defensive tackle. And then Coach, again, always talks about all three phases. So uh, special teams on second team, Juice Johnson was named the return man. And long snapper Isaiah Hayes made second team. And then we also had a couple honorable mention guys. Wide receiver Xavier Gordon, who has both touchdowns rushing and touchdowns receiving this year. Uh, Owen Perkins and Ryan Wofford, the two more defensive linemen. Um, coaches used a couple times that we've talked to him um, about guys not being stat hogs, but spreading everything around. But it's good to see the coaches honor those guys um, for the effort. And 
just the overall, I think, well-being of our defense. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, uh, for, you know, offensively, again, the efficiency of Xander Stokes, the playmaking ability of, of Jacquez Carter, I think we're recognized. Tay is just the second half of the season after kind of being a two-headed monster with, with Daniel has just stepped up. And the offensive line, we've had a lot of injuries. You know, my son was a two-time first-team uh, broken ankle, didn't make it. Uh, Lucas Doyle steps in. Lucas Doyle, who we'll talk to later, um, was named first-team, as was Ben Farrell, despite him blowing his ankle out midseason. Mm-hmm. And then the two um, the two other interior guys. So it, it's, it's an overall recognition, of I think, of our program. And Coach Langs was named Coach of the Year. And Coach Eric Terrazas, the offensive coordinator, earned Coordinator of the Year. So pretty pretty thorough recognition for the program. Yeah, and knowing everything that our offense has gone through with the line this year, I think that just speaks volumes to what Coach Traz has done. Just when you don't have a consistent line week in and week out and you keep producing, um, that that's just – that that's some great coaching. And so I'm thankful that he got that award. And then of course, back to back years to win the conference and to better it by going undefeated. Uh, you know, Langs definitely has, you know, he's, he's earned, he's earned that award. So joining me this evening is first team, all MSFA offensive lineman, Lucas Doyle, Lucas, welcome in. Hi, right, good to be here. Good to be here. So we always get you started with a nice, easy question, and that is, who was your favorite football player when you were growing up? Ooh, favorite football player. Um, I would probably say Dwight Freeney. Um, enjoyed watching the Colts from Greenwood, Indiana, so enjoyed watching the Colts growing up. My family, uh, family had season tickets, so went to a lot of the games. And uh, Dwight Freeney was always one, always made a big impact. Him and Robert Mathis were always two really fun guys to watch, but I think I'd prefer Freeney a little bit. No Tarek Glenn or Ryan Deem or some no. offensive tackle? No, no, not not at that point in life. Wasn't wasn't thinking about the big beefy, big beefy boys at that point. Sure. So you you grew up in Greenwood, went to yep. Center Grove High School. Yes, sir. And uh, you have a couple of brothers. Yes, older brother um, Jade is, I want to say, two years removed from college. Uh, does nursing, and then uh, my little brother is a senior in high school right now. Actually, this Friday playing for a state championship football game of his own, so should be fun. And will this make it four for him, or just three? This will make it. He's made it to four straight. Four straight, which is wild. Actually, kind of thinking about it right now, but they've won two. He could win his third straight here, but. Uh, as a freshman, I don't think he was super a part of it. He's on the freshman team, kind of watched. But, um, yeah, it'd be, I mean, that'd be four straight years where he's been on the team and they've made it to Lucas Oil. So Yeah, and you won a state championship your freshman year, right? Yes, one freshman year, uh, lost in the state championship sophomore year and then never quite made it back the rest of the way. And did you get to play in Lucas Oil? I did. Um, my sophomore year, I played tight end. And was was able to get get some snaps there. It was a lot of fun and just different, you know. From you'd think late November, you're always thinking, you know, the cold, the wind, just everything is all over the place. But 
put you in a dome and it's a little bit of a different a different story and it's a lot of fun sure and, and did you grow up playing football? I, I hear you were a bit of a basketball player as well. Uh, basketball was always my favorite sport, but yes, grew up playing football. Been playing for as long as I can remember at this point. But uh, basketball has always been my first love, I would say. And then uh, once it got to the point I was growing up, I was always taller, bigger than everybody. And then I kind of hit that. I hit that six five mark. I would say my sophomore year of high school. And then from there on, I was everybody got taller, everybody was jumping higher, and I got a little wider and started weighing a little bit more. And I was like, mm, I had to take a look in the mirror a little bit, and knew that kind of football was probably the way I was going to go. So, but you turned to your left, and there was a pretty good guy there, right? <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. I uh, had some fun with uh, obviously with Big Luke, uh, loving him in the middle. It was a great time. And and you played with a Mr. Basketball at Center Grove, is that correct? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um Trey Jackson Davis, somebody that was it was it was an interesting concoction on our team. He was somebody that uh was always had I had a different personality it seemed each day, but was an awesome dude and at the end of the day was an awesome teammate. It took some time the 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 fame got to him a little bit early, but then at the end of the day, senior year it was like time to win and he's an awesome dude so he's being recruited by iu basketball and you start oh, being yeah. recruited by indiana wesleyan yes tell us tell us about that a little bit um i would say it was so growing up i always wanted to play college sports i always wanted to play sports always enjoyed all that and then the recruiting process was something that i was new to um, my older brother had got recruited for baseball but mainly junior colleges, stuff like that. So it was, wasn't was really super, super aware of kind of how the game worked in a sense and like telling people what they want to hear, yada, yada, yada. But um, I was something Coach T, uh, our offensive coordinator, uh, reached out to me. Awesome guy, super friendly. And then from there, it was just, it kind of blossomed into something great. Uh, your son, actually, Luke, was a big, I'd say a big part of getting me here. He was always texting me every other day. Like, hey, how you doing? How's school going? How's spring lifts? How's everything? And it was it was funny. He asked me how basketball was going every once in a while, even though you know he doesn't love it. But yeah, I'd say they did a great job. And I think that is something we do really well here is recruiting. Is like they care more about you than just uh, just as a football player. So yeah, and you came to be a nursing major and now you've transferred over into teaching yep i originally wanted to start in uh in physical therapy but because it was something that i just thought it'd be fun to still be able to kind of stay around athletics but kind of also be in that helping other people field sort of thing i always knew i wanted to help people and i wanted to try to keep athletics as close to that as i could but uh gotten here and pt it's all PT's more grad school stuff. Then it was exercise science was a thought. And then nursing popped in. My older brother did nursing. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll give that a shot. But mm -hmm. the workload along with football was just not something I could I could handle. And I had to, once again, kind of look myself in the mirror a little bit and figure it out. But both my parents are teachers. So I know a lot of people, there are a lot of pros and cons of teaching, but something I was uh, pretty familiar with growing up. So it was something that I've always enjoyed just being around people. I'm more of a people person. So education was something that kind of came to the forefront. And then math was something I was always pretty gifted at growing up. So I was like, why not throw that in there too?
Sure. Excellent. So I'm going to ask you about your first game as an Indiana Wesleyan Wildcat. Oh, yeah. Didn't quite go as planned, did it? Tell, tell Not us entirely, no. Um, so first football game my freshman year, uh, we had, we're still at that point, still a very young team, still, I think it was second season as a team. The second second scheduled season uh, that first year, obviously I didn't play anybody, but and we uh, we traveled over to to Butler, right so down hometown, in Indiana, hometown hometown game, and uh, so I had a lot of people there just because it was close first college atmosphere, and I'm sitting there thinking, all right guys, let's let's do this, let's have some fun here, and at that point I was the uh, I was a second string right tackle behind uh, behind your boy Luke, and. Uh, Luke comes hobbling off after the first after the first series and tells me, "Hey, Luke, this is my foot's not feeling too hot right now." And I was like, "Oh, well, that's that's not good for anybody." <laughs> and so I'm like, "Okay, you know, this is Luke. This is Big Bad Luke, who I've been with for about three, four weeks now, coming through camp." And I'm like, "Dude, Luke, there's no way, no way this gets to Luke." All of a sudden, next play, Luke's Luke's on the ground, and I'm like, "Oh, this is." this is interesting. And my first thought was, you know, no way that no way I go in the game. Like there's been guys that have been here longer than me. They'll, they'll throw somebody in with a little more experience. And um, sure enough, of course, coach Atkins looks me in the eyes, tells me, uh, Lucas, we need a, need a right tackle. I was like, all right, fair enough. Like six snaps into your first game. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I about, yeah, I think it was, I don't remember what actually I'd say. Yeah. Right. Right around six and yeah, got thrown into the, thrown into the mess, had to put the big boy pants on a little bit and it did. Didn't go great, but it went well enough. Game went into overtime against the D1 program, right? Exactly. Definitely definitely a, a welcome, welcome to it moment. And then spot spot action throughout the next couple of years. Yeah. And then this year, big chance to shine. You step in. You've played both tackles quite giftedly. Had yeah. a couple of really great games, especially the one back in your hometown in Indy uh, yep. against Marion. And this week you were named uh, all mid states uh, first team offensive lineman. Yeah, I mean, uh, how was your senior year gone? How's that been different than your freshman year? Um, I think, you know, spending getting getting into the mix a little bit my freshman year, having a little taste of you know what college football is, was obviously really good, and so was able to kind of see through that, and I kind of started craving it when you know everybody got healthy and I wasn't necessarily that guy anymore. So it was somewhere I was like, you know, just kind of had to put my head down and grind. And I knew that eventually, you know, through hard work, it was going to end up being my turn. But I think I was put in a really good situation with uh, Coach Ekins, great developmental coach, got me ready to go. And then uh, got to sit back kind of and watch two great guys do it in front of me for three years. Uh, I'll say three. Burke, Jackson Burke, another good guy. Gave a lot of effort when he was in there. Uh, ben Farrell, obviously, I think this was his second time being first team this year but somebody i kind of just got to sit back and see what worked see what didn't work and i just got to sit there and take notes so i'd say i just i think i took advantage of a good system uh you know coaches do a great job developing us in the offseason strength wise and i think it was just something where at the end of the day just had to give a lot of effort and pay attention and it just kind of worked itself out well you have played through a couple of nagging injuries and obviously you've earned that so congratulations to you I appreciate it. Um, tell us about your favorite class at Indiana Wesleyan. Um, my favorite class I'd taken, 
I would say actually, and this might not be the most popular one was actually uh, theology of Christian life was a fun class I've taken. Uh, coming in, a big reason I chose Indiana Wesleyan aside from all the football aspects was because I knew that it wasn't necessarily fading away from my Christian faith in my senior year, but it was kind of stagnant at that point. And so a big thing was that I wanted to be able to get into some Christian classes, learn more about my faith, be able to further that a little bit. And uh, I'd say the big reason this class was my favorite class was because the professor I had, uh, Dr. Morgan, was uh, is just an awesome guy. I still talk to him whenever I see him. But uh, he really just kind of when I had questions about things, was able to sit me down and and it was awesome. And somewhere I learned a lot of new stuff, just kind of about myself, about my faith in general. And uh, I'd say that was that's probably been my favorite class so far. Excellent. So I'd be remiss if I didn't say something about my good pal Bernie. Love your dad. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, he's he's been really good to me this year with with our family dealing with injury. Um, tell us about your dad. He was a minor league baseball player. Yeah, played a little bit at Ball State. Yeah. What do you know about his athletic career? Um, my dad's been all over. It seems like my dad has a hand in everything. You know, whenever whenever I talk about stuff I'm going through, uh, you know he's already been through worse. But, uh, yeah, so in high school, my dad was a uh, – first love was always baseball. Um, played played football and basketball. But uh, got drafted out of his, uh, his senior year of high school into the uh, – in the MLB draft. Um I don't know the specifics, round, pick, et cetera, but uh, he went to the uh, the Red Sox organization and uh, played some minor league ball there until an, uh, an unfortunate injury, uh, I believe, to his Achilles. Uh, kind of snuffed that out a little bit, but uh, ended up going back, getting an education at Ball State, um, and actually was a, a running back at Ball State, funny enough. So he ended up playing a little bit there. I don't think he was ever – Probably never on the stat sheet, really, but uh, kind of used football as another way. He's like me, doesn't really know what he'd do without athletics, so he figured if he was going to be in college, might as well try to hit some people and uh, and be able to work out while he was there. So, Well, I have an old Ball State yearbook that said he was the second fastest guy on the team, so I guess that's where Parker gets his <laughs> speed, huh? Yeah, I'd say so. I, it had to come from somewhere. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming in tonight. Again, congratulations on the uh, all-conference selection. Before you head out of here, I got one last question for you. Saturday, the game is in hand. We have won. It's another Wildcat victory in Marion, Indiana. Where, sir, are you taking me out to dinner? <laughs> um, hmm. I'd say if we have to keep it in Marion, I'm taking it to probably – I don't know. I'm a huge fan of Texas Roadhouse, but everybody's been to Texas Roadhouse. I'll probably I'll probably go wings, etc. I feel like wings and football go pretty hand in hand. Nothing more than filling your stomach up with 20, 25 wings after a good dub. There you go. All right. That's the first. You are the first one. Somebody else said Texas Roadhouse. So we got another one. We'll work on that on awesome. that name, image, and likeness for you. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right, Lucas. Good luck Saturday. Bring home another Wildcat victory. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So this week's opponent in the, the quarterfinals will be the Benedictine Ravens. Benedictine is out of Atchison, Kansas. They are a member of the Hart Conference. 
And uh, they are no strangers to this tournament. They have been in the tournament uh, 15 times coming into this year. This is their 16th appearance. Um, they are the 11th winningest program in the NAIA history. Um, and they competed in the national championship game. I believe it was in 2016 or 17. Um, this year, they've put together some pretty impressive passing numbers and offensive numbers. Fred, what do you know about their pass game? Well, they've got a young head coach. I think it's his second year. Well, third if you include the, uh, I guess, the um, COVID year. And uh, he is pretty offensive-minded. Uh, he was a D2 coach for about 10 years. And and from what I've looked at, he's really transformed it because, you know, the previous coach that had been there like 40 years that built that program, uh, I think it was a pretty – grind them out and he's really brought a more sophisticated offense so big pass game they're the number eight offense in the country and their quarterback is a senior and garrett kettle he's one of the top five in naia with three thousand yards passing and 30 touchdowns nine interceptions and he's got quite a few weapons he's got one receiver that has a thousand over a thousand yards receiving and eight tds and averages almost 100 yards a game. And then he's got two other receivers that average over 500 yards for the season, about 50 yards a game, each with like six and three touchdowns. And then they got a tight end when they get in the red zone that uh, they go to. He has 24 catches and eight of them are touchdowns. And so definitely the pass game is their strength. And then the quarterback is also – a dual threat. Uh, he's averaging about 45 yards a game in rushes, about 10 carries, and he's got 10 TDs rushing too. And then the rest is kind of running back by committee. Yeah, they've got two or three other backs. Uh, they got a freshman that's been coming on the last few games that's playing a little bit more now. Um, and uh, But definitely their pass game is is their strength. So complete difference from this past Saturday. Um, Avila liked to run the ball, but um, we, of course, do have a, a pretty stout defensive unit, um, number three in the country. Um, we were second in the country in interceptions. So it, it could be a very good matchup. The weather's supposed to be nicer. I think in the 50s, maybe a little rain. Um, but it might be nice to see a football game without – 50 mile an hour winds blowing one way or the other, I would say. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm excited about this matchup because, you know, high powered offense against one of the best defenses in the country. And that's what you, that's what you live for is games like this, you know? And I, I think our players all year have risen to the big games and coach Byers had great plans and we've been able to control in, you know, games defensively. And so, man, I'm excited about this challenge just to see our guys get to compete on a national level, uh, you know, against a good offense and see what we can do. And, and I think our offense also, man, to 
boy, to have some nice weather and to be able to just unleash some things with our offense. I think we, uh, especially with having a few times where we could have broken things open this last week, I think it'd be great if we could just put it together this next week and, uh, you know, for this playoff game. Pretty, pretty cool that we get to host it. Yeah, very very nice of Kaiser to knock off Bethel on Saturday and give us this opportunity. Um, how about the other three games? Do you want to comment on those at the moment? Uh, so the other three are all in Iowa uh, with the top three teams. So Kaiser, who knocked off Bethel, they go to Morningside. And that's going to be an interesting matchup because Morningside's quarterback has been out. Dolan Check, and you know, he was MVP last year. And won a title with him. Uh, his, I think it's his thumb and, you know, could be back. Um, but they had to run the ball a lot more last week and it was closer than what people thought. And Kaiser, you know, they're a good team. They're undefeated in NAI play and, and they're definitely, uh, you know, have a strong offense. So it'd be interesting to see what happens there. Grandview is hosting Lindsey Wilson, uh, which Lindsey Wilson that game was interesting. They they went up twenty three to nothing, and then only won twenty three twenty two. All the points scored in the fourth quarter by Reinhardt. So man, they squeaked that out. Yeah. Uh, but Grandview almost lost their game. Uh, that was only a three point game, seventeen fourteen. And so that could be interesting. And then Northview, uh, I, I mean Northwestern in Iowa, um, they dominated uh, their game, and uh, Marion is going to play them. And I think they have competed against each other in the playoffs numerous times before. So, um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. If we can take care of business, then either we go to Iowa or if a couple of them can get knocked off, you know, and, and we could get, get one more home uh, semifinal game, that'd be pretty cool. But most likely it would be looking like we'd go to Iowa if we take care of business on Saturday. Yeah, I think the odds against us having a, a third home game are, are, are quite stout. But yeah, there's always the possibility. That's why they play the games, right? Yep. But depending on, you know, if one of them gets knocked off, depends on which Iowa team, you know, we would end up uh, playing. But, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just – it's just cool that it's Thanksgiving and our boys are preparing. You know what I mean? That is all the time we have for this week. Thanks to Fred Bays, my co-host. And thanks to Coach Langs for coming in to talk to us this week, as always. Thanks to offensive lineman Lucas Doyle and the All-MSFA offensive lineman. Uh, We appreciate everyone coming in. It helps make the show enjoyable. Thanks so much. And as always, I must say that this podcast has no direct affiliation to Indiana Wesleyan University. All thoughts, opinions, and research done are done by Fred and myself. Um, I would like to clear up a couple things that I misspoke earlier in the show. Donovan Shelton was second team all-conference last year, and this is Benedictine's 15th appearance in the NAIA football tournament. Um, they went to the championship game in 2018, lost a seven-point game to Morningside, the champion. So um, a little more fun information on 
Benedictine, their top football player, uh, two-time All-American Jamie Mueller, um, went on to play for a few seasons and go to two Super Bowls with the Buffalo Bills. That one's for you, Vern. Enjoy the game Thursday night. And Dave Keckner is also a Benedictine College um, former student. Um, many of you may know him as Champ Kind, the sports anchor in the Anchorman series, or as Todd Packer on NBC's The Office. Uh, just a little fun Benedictine trivia for you. So thanks so much for joining us this week. Uh, we hope to see you all out at the stadium. Game time this week is noon. And let's pull for another big Wildcat victory and a trip to the semifinals. So thanks so much for listening and go Wildcats. Wildcats.